This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, so here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. Well, first, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, your support helps cover the costs associated with this podcast. It's definitely not free, and we really appreciate you guys. Thank you. And thanks so much to our February Sponsor of the Month, Wendy L. MacDonald. Not only is Wendy a writer, she also produces a weekly short inspirational podcast called Hope Walking with Wendy. You can find it on Spotify and at her website. Yay! Thank you, Wendy! And um, so Karen and I have been talking about wonders. We've been taking turns because we want to encourage you guys to look for how God is working in your life. And I'll tell you, I suffer from chronic insomnia. It's not fun. But sometimes it, God uses a moment of insomnia to speak to me. And uh, this past night, last night, in fact, I was up at, you know, four in the morning and I was listening to a podcast and I was just trying to focus on God. And this podcast was talking about how God created this immense universe. I mean, we can't wrap our human minds around how big this universe is. And I was thinking about goodness gracious, there's this giant God who can fill this whole universe. How can he even think about me and know me and love me? And yet, God is love. It's just as much a part of him as this immense majesty. And then it hit me that God's love is as expansive as that. That's how he feels about us. He can't turn off who he is. Love is an attribute that is God's. He doesn't love us less one day than the next day. He just loves us. And it's so big. And it just, it comforted me in the middle of the night. And I hope you guys that that might comfort you too. Um, and keep looking for ways that God shows you his love. And now, here's the show. Welcome, listeners. We're glad that you are joining us here in the deep. So, one of the struggles that writers often express is knowing God's will for their writing and hearing His voice and knowing His direction. And we have done some podcasts about that. Uh, I'll have links in the show notes. It's episode 58, Did God Really Ask You to Write? And episodes 110 and 11, Hearing God, parts one and two. But today, we want to focus on just one aspect that we all need to work on. Now, the beauty of this is that this particular aspect is not just something that benefits us in our relationship with God, but every relationship that we're in can benefit from learning how to do this better. And perhaps even the most important thing, it seems to be a skill the hostile social media environment is lacking in in many or all of us. I mean, I know I struggle on social media when I read things that just make me want to go and hurt something, but we all need to develop this skill in relationship to God particularly, and that's the skill of listening. Right. So what does it mean to listen? Well, Miriam Webster's tells us that if you're listening, it means to pay attention to sound. 
pretty basic, but we need to know the basics. It also tells us that it's to hear something with thoughtful attention. I think that's really important in relationship to listening to God and even listening to others around us, to hear something with thoughtful attention, to give consideration. And the third definition is to be alert, to catch an unexpected sound. Right. And it's interesting. Um, our church was doing a blog, and there was an article that I thought really related to this from one of the pastors. His name was Joseph Lewigs, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read it for yourself. But he says this, in part, listening is an act of submission. When we listen, we release control over a conversation, submitting to the terms and directions set by our conversation partner. When we listen to God, we submit to our limitations by acknowledging it is only God who can cross the divide between divinity and humanity. Therefore, we wait for God to start the conversation. And in that little bit, I was seeing a couple principles. You know, first, you know, if you want to listen, you got to stop talking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just do. And that is in itself an act of submission. We got to give God a turn, you know, and understand how amazing it is that He took initiative to create fellowship with us. And the other thing is we got to focus our attention. And that was also in the definitions, right? To give something attention. This is how we can show God the reverence and the respect that He deserves. How often have you been talking with somebody and they look at you and they're like, what did you just say? Or you tell your spouse something that they need to know and need to remember. And you sit and what I will do is I'll look at my husband and I'll say, what did I just tell you? And he'll stop and he'll look at me and he'll say, when? Just now, two seconds <laughs> ago. What did I just tell you? Mm, I don't know. Tell me again. So often when it comes to conversations, we think we're listening or we pretend we're listening, but we're not. That thoughtful attention is so important. The article from Aaron's pastor goes on to say, sometimes God speaks, sometimes he listens back, but however he moves, it's always in love. Like all forms of submission, listening is vulnerable. We open ourselves up to God, having to trust that he will move toward us in a way of love. Yeah. You know, we have to trust that God will speak, that he does speak, but it's in his time and in his way. Sometimes he wants us to listen and be willing to sit there and continue listening until he says something. He's not some, you know, heavenly slot machine that we put our quarter in and pull the handle and then he tells us something. Right. We need to treat him with respect and we need to understand that this is Almighty God. So there are lots of ways for God to speak to us and lots of ways that we listen. So you know us, we like to get feedback from other people. So we sent out an email to various writers groups to ask them how they listen to God and to let them know we wanted to share that with you guys. So we'll read some excerpts now from those emails. Yeah, it's been really fun. I think you guys will enjoy this. I've been looking forward to hearing and seeing everybody's reactions to this. We're all so different, but that's part of what makes us the body. None of us are the same, and it's it's so cool. So right. here's an excerpt from Jane Baker. She says, I refuse to go on to the next thought when I ask God a question. I just wait. Sometimes he answers, sometimes he doesn't. When that happens, I don't forge mightily ahead until he directs. 
Sometimes he wants to talk to me about something else. I'm the kind of person they put crash bars on doors for. <laughs> it's important and difficult for me to listen before I move, whether I'm writing or pursuing something else. However, I've learned that the result of roaring down the road, looking back over my shoulder, asking, what do you think, God, produces less than optimum results. <laughs> I love this because it's so honest, and I think I we've know. all been there. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie Angstrom writes, Mark Batterson has really taught me about prayer, how to pray and how to listen to God. I listen. Sometimes I think I have heard the Lord's voice, not loud and clear, but a whisper. I've learned immense patience and trust. I believe God gives us answers to the promises he gives by constantly reassuring our faith in those promises. God does not tease. He does not treat our desires lightly, but he gives us the strength and trust and patience to prevail. Many times I've felt him say, in my time, please be patient. Mm. So necessary, patience. Jessica White has this to say, I use a finger labyrinth to talk with God. I lay my cares or prayers before God on the way in, and then in the middle I wait until I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Then I walk my finger back out and listen and let the Spirit transform me. I love this. I, and I asked her, I'm like, well, okay, I'm not even sure what a finger labyrinth is. And so she told me, I had to email her back, and she told me, and she said, it's just simply like this um, lap-sized labyrinth, you know, and you can trace it with your finger. And she says labyrinths are used to slow the mind down and meditate in Christian tradition. And I just thought that was a cool, different thing. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, you guys can Google that if you're interested to see what they look like. It's just, that was neat. I really liked that idea. Becca Weirwell has this to share with us. I listen to God by practicing silence in his creation. Our world is loud and heavy with distractions, and I struggle to quiet my mind. But when I can surround myself with the creative works of God and center my thoughts on Him, I found my heart is the best place to listen for His voice. It's not easy, but God is good and patient, and He is always there waiting for me to listen. I really resonated to this because I hear God in nature all the time. I just love stopping and being silent in the midst of nature and letting him speak. Yeah, I like this too. Um, I, I agree with just listening in our heart. You know, sometimes for me, that works better than trying to listen in my head because my own words get in the way sometimes. And I just have to take the time to focus wordlessly on listening with my heart. It's just one of the best ways that I sense God's love for me. Uh, Paul prays in the book of Eth Ephesians in chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, he tells us, or he prays for us as Christians to be able to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love for us. But this love, he says, surpasses knowledge. So right. to me, it's like that's surpassing words almost, you know. So for me, one of the ways that I can hear that love and feel it is wordlessly in my heart. Lenora Worth says, how do I listen to God? I've learned to be still. Just be still and calm. Even when my life seems to be unraveling, I walk on the beach a lot. 
This is where I truly feel God. The ocean is an amazing creation that brings both joy and danger, excitement and tragedy. I respect the ocean as a gift God created. My creativity is also from God, also a gift from God. Sometimes I can see the signs, such as when I come up with an idea for a new book while walking on the beach, fearing I'd run out of good ideas. I knew the lead character would be named Jeremiah. When I got home, anxious to write down my idea, my inbox prayer for that day was from the book of Jeremiah. And it said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Mm. Jeremiah 29, 13. I, I love when God does those things. <laughs> Lenora goes on to say, I have always found God in times of isolation. And God has always given me exactly what I need in those times of isolation. When I walk alone on the shore and marvel at God's amazing creations, he in turn reminds me, I am one of his creations. He gives me exactly what I need if I only stay still and wait for him, if I only seek him. Because when I do this, he seeks me and shows me the way with each step I make on that glistening white sand. Mm, love that. And Gail Kittleson would agree. She says, something about taking a walk increases my receptivity. Or a message comes to me early in the morning when I've been puzzling over a naughty question. <laughs> How often do we do that puzzle over naughty questions but forget to invite God into the equation? Yeah, true. So Dovalin Spencer says, Lately, I've learned how important it is to pay attention immediately after I pray and throughout the day. Ask and you shall receive, the Bible says, yet I so often ask and then run off. Rushing into the day, mind heavy with plans and focus and determination, I'll miss it. I'll miss the Holy Spirit speaking to me through an impression, scripture, circumstance, or another believer, unless I'm paying attention. The Lord is not limited in the ways he communicates with me, but I often act as if I don't expect him to. Yes, sometimes he's silent, but since I know he's faithful and his timing is perfect, I'm learning to wait. Oh, that four-letter word. Right. Paying attention has become the account I want to keep most current in my life. It pays the biggest dividends. Mm. I love that. I'm hearing over and over here, be still, pay attention, right. and wait. <laughs> yes, wait. <laughs> Kathleen Ibarro says this, in mulling over the answer, I found I don't so much listen to God as I listen for God. I continue a running dialogue with him throughout my day, and sometimes well into that place between waking and sleep. Well, sometimes this dialogue is in-the-moment prayers. Other times, my mind just gravitates toward him. It's in those moments, more than at any other, that I will hear him. To be clear, I have never heard God speak to me in an audible voice, and yet I can tell you without hesitation that he has indeed spoken to me. Sometimes this comes in the form of a nudge to say or do something, or to not say or do something. <laughs> Other times, it might be a little whisper in my heart about something I've been praying about. Rarely do I get an immediate answer from him. Most times, the answer comes when I least expect it. I love how unexpected God is, how we think, well, okay, there's nothing coming in a way of direction. Then all of a sudden the light goes on. When that happens for me, I just stand there laughing because God loves to do things in ways that we don't expect. Right. Tara K. Ross says, I come from a health science background, so I've always viewed God as working in and through my body's tension and energy. 
When I pause long enough to engage in more than small talk with him, I find my body is one of the first ways he clues me into his intentions and plans for my future, both near and far-reaching. There's this release in physical tension and a renewed energy and purpose when my plans align with his intended purposes. Mm -hmm. If I'm pushing my own agenda, the tension and back pain and breakouts all continue. Whereas if I consider his word, and act accordingly, I feel rejuvenated and inspired to dig into those areas of my life. Mm, I like that. I know a lot of people say they feel a peace when they yes. they know that they've made a decision based on what they've heard from God. And I feel like that that speaks to that as well. Marlo Shaleski says, I listen to God by watching carefully for a sense of God's wonder in my writing, in my work, and in everyday life. I find that God speaks most clearly to me when I see something in a way I've never seen before and catch my breath with a quiet, wow, that's God. Or when He shows me something beautiful in the midst of ugliness or pain, in a place where I'd least expect to find God and His beauty, that's when I hear God the most clearly. So watching for Him in everyday things and in difficult, ugly things, that's how I listen to God. Janet L. Walker says, My days were busy and passed by so quickly that when the evening arrived, I was too tired to consider sitting down to write. Gradually, I found myself awakening around 5.30 a.m. and feeling pushed to get up and write. Most days, I did just that because I believed the push was from the Holy Spirit, and I didn't really want to get up. Time <laughs> continued on, and I was trying regularly to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. One morning when I was into my second book of the series and moving along quickly with the story progressing, I abruptly stopped. I couldn't go any further. I had no idea where the story was going. How was this going to be resolved? I just couldn't think of anything. Then like a jolt to my mind, the whole rest of the book was in my brain. I offered up a prayer of thanksgiving. I knew without a doubt that this was from God. Mm, another unexpected. I love that. Yeah. Kathy O'Neill says this, For me, I believe that the most important way we listen to God is by reading and studying His Word regularly. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I learn more about His love and His ways of caring for me. I see more clearly my own sins and my need for forgiveness in Christ and find compassion in my heart for others. When I start my day with prayer and Bible reading, I'm more aware of His presence throughout my day and much more likely to recognize and act upon the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. I also more readily recognize when I'm speaking or acting in a way contrary to Scripture and hopefully make quicker efforts to repent. When I read God's Word, I find strength for each day's tasks, help with my fears, and hope for the future, even in difficult times. Stephanie Whitson says that she listens to God by reading and studying His Word. Likewise, Kathy McKinsky says, mostly God speaks to me through His Word. I feel confident if I have scripture to back up something I write. Also, I am moved often by praise songs. Cool. And Kristen Caldall says this, I adamantly want to follow God's call in my life. Making sure I'm doing what God wants me to do requires me to revisit the topic on a regular basis. God's still small voice can be hard to hear, and unfortunately, He's never taken me by the hand and guided me while yelling, Kristen, I want you over here writing young adult fiction about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Instead, I often feel the heavens are brass. How many of us have felt that? And God's voice is inaudible. But eventually, after much prayer, I hear Him, usually in one of two places, Scripture or the words of another Christian. Being immersed in Scripture dials up the volume on God's voice. It centers me, allowing me to focus on the core of our faith, not on the distractions of life. That helps me hear Him. I have also heard Him in the counsel of other believers. This is a powerful experience when it happens. We are His church, His people. If we're doing it right, others can see God in us and even hear God through us. It's a humbling event when you discover you have been that conduit for another, and it's inspiring to see God speaking to you through a Christian friend. Amen. Bonnie Angstrom says that she listens to God through prayers and words from prayer partners. Yeah, I love that. And Robin Lee Hatcher says, God speaks to me through his written word, the Bible, primarily, but also through sermons, through times of worship, through books, and through other Christians. On a rare occasion, he's spoken to me through a dream. There is something about being attuned to God that causes a person to hear and understand his voice even when nothing seems related. For example, the pastor might be talking about topic A, but suddenly God whispers into my heart about topic B that needs addressed in my life. Gail Roper says, for me, it's not very complicated. When I need the Lord's leading or wisdom or help, I pray. Lord, what should I do? What should I say? How can I best honor you? Sometimes in the next little bit, minutes, hours, days, a thought appears or a comment is made that answers my prayer. The big challenge is recognizing it as God's answer, especially if it differs from my human inclination. Yeah, that is very wise. And and let's all admit, you know, sometimes it is hard for us to recognize God, but the more we practice, the easier it gets. Carrie Taransky says this, I like to write out my prayers and journal my thoughts and record what the Lord is saying to me. I often copy out a verse that is meaningful to me and ask Him to show me what it says and what it means for me. And then she goes on to mention that she also reads God's Word, and she does Bible study and reading devotionals and being married to a spiritually mature pastor who helps her hear from God, and she takes walks and listens to God as she sees His work (laughs) in nature. So she lists all these things, and then she adds this, which I love. She says, this has been encouraging to think of all the ways I can listen to God and hear from Him. How does this apply to my writing? What I write comes out of who I am. Who I am comes out of who I listen to and what I take into my heart and mind. Amen. And and that's a powerful truth. Who we are comes out of who we listen to and what we take into our hearts and mind. There's nothing better to take into our hearts and mind than God speaking to us, the sense of God's presence, the way that he cares for us, how he brings us, his truth and his guidance. How do you listen to God? Think about that for a moment. How do you listen? How do you make sure that you're attuned to the voice of God? What is it for you that opens your heart, your spirit, your mind to God's words of truth as he whispers them into you? Or perhaps as he takes your hand and yells at you. 
God is so good to us all. He speaks to us in the ways that we need. He understands how we hear him best, and he responds accordingly. God knows our needs before we ever express them. Nothing that we bring to him is a surprise. So why don't we realize that if we will just take the time, just sit in God's presence, open ourselves up to him, and let him respond is the best thing that we can possibly do, not just for our writing, but for every aspect of our lives Friends, don't put another word to the page until you've taken the time to listen. Listen to God. Don't try to do it while you're watching other things and distracted. Focus, thoughtful focus on him. I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.